0: You're listening to a Fair Mormon production. Welcome to Fair Mormon's Front Page News Review, where we provide context and analysis of the past week's media coverage of Mormons and the LDS Church. I am your host, Nick Galetti, and with me via the internet is manager of the Fair Mormon Front Page News Service, Cassandra Hidelius. We hope this will be an edifying and entertaining experience. What we present is not to be understood as being the official position of Fair Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We speak for ourselves and sometimes not even then. So I am joining you today from my hotel room in the Palazzo in not-yet-hot Las Vegas. And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, hopefully my hopefully my internet connection here will be satisfactory to continue a, a good conversation over four stories that um, you know definitely involve uh, the Mormon Church or Mormonism and kind of how the people are talking about us. So let's get right to that's the idea. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean that's that's uh, let's get to the first story in the that's National great. Review entitled "Americans Have a Right to Insult." Islam, which isn't a super heavy Mormon story, but it makes an appearance. So this is this is a, a fairly well known event that took place in Texas.
1: This story is I, I could have chosen any one of a dozen stories. I just needed a a good stand in for this topic as a whole. What we're seeing is a repeat of January's events when we had the uh, the terrorist attack on Charlie Hebdo in France. Um, a similar thing happened on Sunday evening in Garland, Texas. Um, an event that was
0: well, this was this event was on purpose, right? Yes, yeah, this, this th- event was was, was, dis- was
1: critical of um, they would say of Muslim Islam terrorists, and I we won't go into criticisms and defenses of the organization. Just it was an event that was designed to. Um, provoke some Muslim sensibilities. And there were some Muslims who showed up with guns and a security guard was shot and the two Muslim shooters were killed. So that is a tragic thing. That is bad. Naturally, people want to talk about how to keep things like that from happening. And so then we get a discussion of free speech. Um, We have the First Amendment. We have... Um, a right to say things that are provocative, and yet some people are saying, well, maybe we shouldn't say things that are provocative. That's hate speech. We shouldn't protect that. And I don't like to get political on this podcast, but things are kind of dividing along political lines. A lot of -of left-of-center publications like Salon are publishing articles opining that, hey, you know, maybe we should um, lessen protection for speech that would be considered hate speech or deliberately provocative – Um, Because, you know, first of all, look what happened. This is
0: a tragedy. Absolutely. Yes.
1: And second of all, it's just it's just gauche. It's just a bad thing for our society to have people um, being mean. (laughs) The group that kind of goes back to and Gary Trudeau was in the news a few weeks ago saying that Charlie Hebdo shouldn't be lionized at all because they were punching down, as he put it. They are picking on a minority group. Um, so that's kind of the more liberal side of the divide, but then the conservative side of the divide is saying, whoa, 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 just a second, and here's where it's relevant, relevant to us. There are very powerful groups in society, like, say, Broadway, that are very mocking and disrespectful to religion all the time. Hence, we have the Book of Mormon on Broadway. And so I just wanted to bring this up because the church is being brought up a lot. There might be chances to talk about this issue it's i mean we're, we're kind of seeing this muslim versus mormon axis again that we saw back in january
0: well not versus but it's just a comparison that's being right, made because yeah. mormons aren't responding violently or nasty or in any kind of deliberate hateful way towards the book of mormon musical and its productions in fact i think in salt lake it might have even sold out already i don't know but uh it, you know it's coming to town i i haven't followed up but it's there's a lot of people anxious to go but here it is, an event, again, that would seem like deliberately trying to prod things in a similar way that I would say the Book of Mormon musical is. It's, it's, it's not meant to be very kind to Mormonism. But uh, she, she, the thing is, is this, this event actually makes several good points kind of on both sides, right? I mean, you can, you can appreciate not wanting to promote the opportunity to bring hostilities but it's just as much their choice to not pull out a gun and shoot people for drawing a picture, right? I mean, that's right. that's kind of the, the underlying message here.
1: Right. There's free
0: speech, and then there's how we respond to free speech.
1: And so, I mean, it's just unfortunate that any of this has to happen at all, but hey, reality is messy. In the end, this isn't really about the church. It's just that the comparison is so obvious that everybody is making it. Yeah. So that's just something to keep an eye out for in the news right now. Um, yay, Mormons. We don't kill people when they make fun of our religion. Exactly. Which a is, little bar to cross, but we crossed yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's That's great. <laughs> that's their opinion of us. So well, there is another opinion of us that it came out in The Economist that actually I would consider to be quite um, quite positive. Uh, um, yeah, it's certainly... It's yeah. And it's called Young, Tolerant, and Surprising. Some Lessons in Practical Conservatism. Let me say that again with, with my, not my tongue in the way. Some Lessons in <laughs> Practical Conservatism from the Desert West. So this article was yeah. is a very interesting read, in my opinion, because... Their opinion of history, church history, is interesting. It's not necessarily negative, but it's also not entirely correct, but it's, it's better than some people tell the history of the Mormon church and how Utah was founded, because this is mostly about Utah today, not about Utah from the beginning.
1: But you know. and honestly, it's about as good as you're gonna get from a British publication.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think it's actually great. But in this particular case, it just went on to say uh, all kinds of nice things about you know the way that the the government is operating and and some of the policies. But it was always funny that it was like they're so great because look at how many liberal things they're doing. It was kind of an interesting take. <laughs> well,
1: that that's kind of what got me about the headline: practical conservatism is a it's a kind of a backhanded defined term yeah. um, so the politics in it uh, well, alright whatever that's the, the economists finding things to praise about Utah which you know that, that is great I don't think it's a liberal thing that Utah is doing a good job of taking care of the homeless and has low income inequality the lowest in the nation um, that's a public policy goal that liberals and conservatives disagree about how to get to, but a lot of them would the same end goal a place to get. Yeah. Um but I I love this article because it picks up on this point that I love to try and make to people when I'm talking to them that some sometimes and especially a forum publication, they have this idea of Utah and Mormons that we are all this insular little cult sitting on the banks of the Salt Lake never looking outward or talking to anyone or thinking about anything outside of ourselves, which is the absolute opposite of the truth. I mean, any, I I don't think I'm exceptional in this regard that I can think through my group of friends and acquaintances. And I know someone who's lived in almost every country on this earth. I mean, not all of them, but pretty darn close because of everyone who served a mission. And we're the most cosmopolitan, globetrotting group that I know of. I don't think there is another another American religious group that can hold a candle to what we have. So it's just awesome to see a publication picking up on that. And there are a lot of people who still don't like us, don't agree with our ideas and values and positions, but I'd, I would love for more people to notice that Mormons have gotten out in the world. Yeah. They're not insular.
0: There's still definitely, you know, you got a, a certain lens that you have to read it through, but it it is positive, and, and I think we should uh, certainly look at it that way. Uh, the next story, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, just, I guess in general, there's been actually a couple... Statements or, or issues of statements on the health of some of the church leaders. This particular article is from ABC News, reporting an AP story, an Associated Press story about President Monson. Uh, that definitely, you know, that he's that he is advancing in age. He's eighty-seven years old, and it's not really critical. It's it's kind of just stating the information, I guess. Is that that's kind of fair way to look at it?
1: Yeah, that's mostly just a straight-up restatement of the church's own press release. Not a whole lot of commentary in there. They, It says it's the first statement, and I think I saw another article um, just noting that this is rare. The church normally doesn't give detailed accounts of its leaders' help. What's really important here, um, unusual here, is just that this is news that people would care enough to want to click on an article about how the Mormon church's president is doing health wise. Although as we have often observed, the word Mormon gets clicks. Everybody in internet marketing and news knows that, but the church put out this statement to respond to a, uh, a certain muttering chorus on the internet that is getting louder and louder of members and ex-members of the church who are trying to make the case that church leaders, President Monson in particular, us too old and they can't possibly be doing a good job of running the church. Yeah. Well, they are, I, they, they can be doing a good job of running the church. People's lifespans in general are getting longer. And so the church felt we need to address this. I think just because, it's, it's a little disingenuous for people to be making this argument saying that the, the Mormon church, for its own good, needs to have younger leaders put its older leaders out to pasture. Um, you, when you haven't met with someone, you haven't been able to diagnose them and any of their, their health problems that they're having. That's, I mean, it, it just kind of has an anti-ageist bias to it. Um, that I think in other contexts would be met with scorn, like, hey, that, that's not very nice. Why would you make a blanket statement like that? Old people can be doing just fine. You, you can only make that determination on a case-by-case basis.
0: Well, in this case, too, I think part of what makes it kind of trend and why this, this kind of story becomes relevant is I believe that last week when Elder El Tom Perry went into the hospital, that story trended on Facebook. It was like one or two for the day. And that's because a lot of members of the church were, of course, encouraging people to say prayers for them and for, for elder Scott, who was having some medical issues as well. And so I think it started to trend, which made them at least ABC news and the associated press go, Hey, there's enough people. (laughs) There's enough people talking about the health of these Mormon church leaders. Maybe we ought to just throw something else out there. So, but it's interesting to see that they just kind of, they threw this out there um, I think the other part of it is the last paragraph when they address the idea that new questions about uh, President Monson's health surfaced when he bypassed a meeting with President Barack Obama in Salt Lake City last month. Now, that's a piece of news that's interesting because he didn't really, he didn't really address people in public when he was in Utah, President Obama. He went to like Hill Air Force Base and then kind of got out of town. But he, there was an opportunity for church leaders to meet with President Obama and and President Monson wasn't there, so it's kind of a, you know it's one of those situations where um, there there seems to be a few different angles as to why this story was relevant, but uh, nothing nothing too particularly critical at least. So,
1: oh, sorry, one more note about Elder Perry. He's ninety two. He's getting up there in years, but um, his health problem is thyroid cancer. And I checked this with a close relative who is a doctor. If you're gonna have cancer. Thyroid cancer is the one to get. Elder Perry, I would say, is still doing quite well for a gentleman of his years.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, shoot, I think he's what ninety two or ninety three. I think that's pretty good. So. He yep. uh, he's he's got quite a bit of energy and and spunk for someone of that age. But yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to the topic that actually hit today. This uh, we're recording this on uh, Cinco de Mayo, and this mm-hmm. was a big story that was released on the Salt Lake Tribune, um, again by Peggy Fletcher Stack, who somehow is either, is she the point of contact for like the origination of these these different stories? I don't know how she seems to have a pulse on, on critical stories of the church, but she seems to.
1: On the internet, yep. <laughs> so uh,
0: this Mor- Mormon Sunday school teacher was dismissed, or we would use the term released, for using the church's own re- race essay. In a lesson, and there's. I personally know that there's going to be a lot more to come out about this story than what we have in this particular um, article. I think this is a, just the first shot of this story. We are probably going to have some follow up on this. Um, not likely to be something to come back from the bishop, but um, let's get the basic story out there and then we can kind of address some of the ways to at least temper our gut reaction to this story.
1: (laughs) Our gut reaction? My gut reaction? People's
0: people's gut reaction. Let's be gentle. My gut
1: reaction looking at this article is that this is the most stinking cute family on the face of the planet. Those, Oh my gosh, those kids are adorable. Um, So go look at the article just for that. Um, And then (laughs) my second reaction is that Um, Wow, we live in a world where something that happened in some ward, in some state, gets written up in a major newspaper. What? Just, that's very unusual. I hope it stays unusual. I doubt it's going to. We're getting into this, this close intertwining between conversations on the internet and what we would think of as more traditional news outlets. And so things that before would would never have reached the ears of any reporter, especially not when thousand, two thousand miles away, we're talking Utah to Hawaii here, all of a sudden our major news. Um so I'm curious in the next few days, what Peggy Stack writes um tends to get syndicated into other publications. So um th- I'll be watching, first of all, to see how many other newspapers pick this up. Or on the other hand, will they say, wait, why is this news? <laughs> that right. a, a local congregation had a shuffling in its teaching staff. Why would anybody else care? And so what basically appears to have happened, and like you said, we don't know much, is that a Sunday school teacher and his bishop had a difference of opinion as to how to teach the church's history on race to a teenage Sunday school class. The church has put out a wonderful article. It's on LDS.org that talks about the history and what we do know and what we don't know about it. Um, Of race
0: in the priesthood.
1: Right. And the Position of this article is from the teacher's point of view, saying, "Hey, I was just trying to use that article to talk to the youth, and the bishop shut me down." Um, that seems a little simplistic. There probably is more to the story. We don't know, but really, I just wanted to make the point that we live in a world where a Sunday school teacher getting released in Hawaii can make it into a major newspaper in Utah. And that is going to give us many, many more interesting situations to talk about, I think. Um, I, all of a sudden, everything we do, everything you say online, everything you, every interaction you have with others is fodder for being news online.
0: Well, and my my personal take on this, and I don't want to get too deep into the story because people can read the article and find out about it, but, you know, the, Here's here's someone claiming that they were teaching official doctrine and his bishop released him for teaching official doctrine. And I I've been a gospel doctrine teacher, I've been a teacher to the youth. I'm currently in a ward council situation where certain things are addressed and my experience is there is way more to this story than what is being reported. Now, that's not because I think Peggy Fletcher Stack is keeping facts out. I'm saying I think she doesn't have them yet, and she's, t- she's publishing a story with the limited information that she has. With that being said, my own bishop sent this article to me and said, are you seeing this? And we ended up having a bit of a discussion about this in, in our own ward, and so... What we have actually kind of tossed around as an idea is, you know what, we don't want this to happen. We don't want people to think that their first exposure to these gospel topics essays comes because some incident happened online or some critical person had something to say about it and someone stumbled across it. It's best Mm -hmm. if we have some kind of managed uh, approach to introducing these things to members of the ward, so that they don't have the claim to ignorance, unless, of course, they don't come to church, which is a different issue, uh, but that we want to take maybe a fifth Sunday lesson and introduce the members of the ward to the race and the priesthood essay, the one on Joseph Smith and the early the practice of polygamy in the early church, maybe even take them to mormonsandgays.org, but essentially address a lot of these, what we call kind of critical issues, or maybe at least the the current critical issues that people are dealing with, and give the church's sources to them in advance. So for whatever it's worth and for whatever this story may end up being, and as far as I'm concerned, nobody gets released that quickly over one incident. They typically will talk to them. The bishop will say, this is maybe a better way to address this. Let's let's fix it for the future. They're not just going to kick you out for one lesson that, you know— Maybe have had a disagreement over, and on top of that, I don't know too many gospel doctrine teachers that, as soon as they were to get released, would call up Peggy Fletcher Stack and say, "I've got a story for you." So, I, there's- well, a we l- don't
1: know that they called her. I don't think they did. Well, somehow she got went this to story. An internet message board first.
0: Well, either way, when I get released from a calling, the last thing I think about is running to an internet message board and complaining about it. So, there seems to be. Some other things going on here that I am I am hoping that people will temper their response and not just act enraged over something that maybe there's nothing to be enraged about because it's not the truth. So what ends up being the case here, though, is that for us, we saw this story and said, you know what, the best way to respond to this is to make sure it doesn't happen in our ward. And then we're going to address it. And so hopefully that's other people's takeaway to a certain extent to be constructive with it. And to make sure that this is something that doesn't get perpetuated in in areas where we have control, if that's the right way to say it, F- influence. Let's let's say influence instead of control. <laughs> that sounds that's a much nicer word.
1: I think that is definitely the best and most constructive <laughs> takeaway from this. Yes. So encourage as many people as possible to read these essays and be familiar with them. Absolutely,
0: that's definitely Absolutely. the right answer. And and I, as I understand it, I think someone mentioned that uh, even CES teachers. You know, church educational system teachers have a, a separate portal or web page on how to teach these dif- different essays within things. So I know that the church is trying to find ways to disseminate this information to the populace and and do so in a, in a productive and constructive way. So we want to encourage you to talk to your bishops if you have any questions about these uh, essays. If you're a teacher, if you're just a lay member that is interested, they're out there. You can also go to Fair Mormon. Dot org. We have articles and blog articles at blog.fairmormon.org to talk about these essays and, and how they can help sustain your faith and give you answers to questions that you may have. Conference is coming up, the Fair Mormon Conference. Um, we want to give a plug for that and uh, say that I think to, it's only got a couple more weeks left of the early bird pricing. So you're going to want to definitely Boston do that, yep. yeah. So
1: it's held in Provo, Utah. So especially anybody who's there locally, come on by. It's a yeah, great time,
0: absolutely. And you can hear Cassandra tell us all how to be better people, right? That's what your your presentation is. No. Like? no, sorry,
1: I only talk about things I'm qualified on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's all right. I'm talking Any-
1: about something else, though. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Actually, are you allowed to give your title yet, or is that kind of being held under under wraps?
1: Well, it's that. So, <laughs> therefore, okay. The title is um, "A House of Order: Recycled Challenges to the Legitimacy of the Church."
0: Wow, you sound all kinds of college with that.
1: Yeah, it's got like a colon and a subtitle. <laughs> it's, it's really,
0: that's official. official. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> That's worth the ticket right there.
1: No, it's, it's I think, an important topic and I hope it will be a good talk. We'll see you come August.
0: Fantastic. So please go and uh, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. We have uh, a special Fair Mormon front page news review podcast stream that you can subscribe to or you can subscribe to the Mormon Faircast. Also in iTunes, I believe we are on Stitcher and there is a podcast free mormon podcast app that's actually made and we're included in that uh, along with several other lds podcasts for the android platform so please go check that out and uh subscribe to all our podcasts you know i i want to take a second to say that even though we lost the podcast award to an atheist podcast
1: we didn't lose we just didn't come in first
0: (laughs) yeah yeah there there was no losers right just only one (laughs) only one winner uh, that we still do good work and it's still worth listening to. So uh, so give it a listen and uh, we'll check back in with you next week when I will be back in Utah and uh, hopefully with a slightly more stable internet connection. <laughs> All right, that's it. Are they gone? If you want them to be. They might Nothing. still be listening right now.